Greetings and welcome to episode 313 of the Words About Games podcast. Yes, I did press record. The weekly news, culture, and gaming discussion podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander, and I'm joined this week by the elf daughter herself, Avril White. A very sweaty and melty (laughs) elf. Preach. <laughs> I went to Edinburgh. I went out to Edinburgh yesterday. So you can tell I've been in the sun, <laughs> especially when I had the lights set to white. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, why do you look like a strawberry? <laughs> it's just my new thing. It's just my new thing. Hi, Elf. How are you? Hi. Thanks for being here. Last minute. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be. I was meant to like message. Like, earlier in the week, I just didn't. You know me. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right, yeah, it does. Um, we're doing a daytime recording. It's daytime. Yeah. Not usually daytime. Oh. Like, it worked out quite well, because I'm busy tonight. That's why I was like, let's do the daytime. But, like, with the way the heat is going, it's yeah. going to get hotter as the day goes on. So it's worked out yeah. quite well, because I feel like if we try to record this podcast at, like, 8.30, like we normally do. Like, by then. <laughs> yeah. I would literally be a puddle on the floor. Yeah, we'd be dying. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> it would be like, oh, like, let's, what's in the news? Like, oh, PlayStation Lolly program. I don't care. <laughs> Are they going to send me ice? <laughs> then fuck PlayStation. <laughs> oh, it's so hot. Uh, how are you? Apart from melting, Apart from melting puddle yeah. yeah, I am good. I am really, really, really enjoying just chilling out this weekend. Life. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, no, chilling out. That it's not on the docket for me. Like it was, <laughs> it was pretty warm. Everyone, everyone's always like, oh, you know, you go to Scotland. Oh, it's cold up in Scotland. And like, it fucking wasn't cold yesterday in Scotland. It was great though, Edinburgh. Yeah. To, like, definitely one of the best cities I've ever been in. It wasn't. It wasn't my first time, but yeah. <laughs> there we went to see an art exhibit, like a Van Gogh thing, and it was like um, you sit in a big room, and there's like screens everywhere, and there's like projections on the floor and stuff, and like there's music, and oh, I was like half an hour. It was awesome. It was cool. Proper experience. It was a proper like art experience, um, and it That'd was air conditioned. Uh, so that was fun. I learned some. I learned some stuff about you know Vincent Van Gogh that Doctor Who didn't teach me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we went to the park. Like of all the things, we were like, oh, you know, you can do loads of stuff. Like uh, people who were like, oh, you can go like there's there's this gaming bar. There's like a barcade, and it was yeah. right across the street from the from the art gallery. Like we walked past it like to get there, and I was like, oh, that's that barcade. Um, so like we could have gone there, or we could have gone like. Any of the other like sites of Edinburgh? Like I wasn't going to the castle. Like I am not walking up that hill in a heat wave. Oh God, no. Fuck that. Um, and we literally we we saw on the map that there was this huge park, like Holyrood Park. Oh, yeah. Um, so we were like, let's go to fucking Holyrood Park, and we started walking towards Holyrood Park. And before you get there, there's another smaller park that we mistook for Holyrood Park. And we went there. <laughs> and then we stopped. We found a tree. <laughs> this big tree. We put, put jackets down and we just lay down. 
<laughs> and then as we were leaving, we were like, well, that wasn't Hollywood Park. <laughs> oh, we'll just go to that one next time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then I we... I did get a chance to go into, um, into Hollywood Place. There's some gorgeous paintings. Is it Hollywood? Is that how you pronounce it? Hollywood. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Two rows. We found a poutine place because <clears throat> I was with Nelly, and she's lived in Canada. It wasn't open. Devastated, but we found a poutine place. We're like, let's go get poutine, and then because Nelly's lived in Canada before, and she was like, it's actually pronounced put like Putin, and I went, <laughs> it's good to know. Yep. But yep. <laughs> let's not wander around Scotland. No. Saying word. Putin. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Let's let's just leave that (laughs) and call it poutine. I know it's wrong. I understand that. But (laughs) for right now. And then when we got back to the station, we got back to the station um, and there was a guy with bagpipes. They they blocked the road off, like going up the side of the station. There was a guy with bagpipes and a guy, it was like this weird rock slash bagpipe fusion music thing. And there was loads of people and we just watched that for a bit. Cool. And then, that sounds like my sort of job. Yeah, it was really cool. And then we laid down in the park. There's like the big park. There's like the park right outside the station. And then I was like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> Let's stay here. <laughs> They've got places to work in in, in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. Let's just yeah. work here. Let's just live here. We can put a tent in the park. It'll be fine. No one will, no one will mind. <laughs> that was my day. <laughs> All in one day, we did it. That sounds like a good day. <laughs> really good views on a train. Like, so we were going up. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we were going up, like, we were sat on one side of the train. You couldn't really. It was yeah. like, there was some cool views and stuff, but like, we were sat on the other side of the train coming back, so facing like the, the coast. Yeah. Yeah. I love sitting on that side. Oh my god! Like I didn't know. Like so, I was literally on the, all the way up there. I was like just reading a book while she was napping, um, yeah. and then on the way back, I literally I never even bothered. I just sat like I was lying against the seat, just like looking out the window, just like fuck. Yeah. And then I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck's that?" Get my phone out and like see where I am and be like, "That's like this. This is a huge national park. That looks amazing, right?" Yeah. Tag that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, was that a house down on the beach? What's that? Oh my god, it's you can stay in it. It's a cut. It's like a, it's a holiday car. Holy shit! <laughs> Northumberland coastline, gotta love it. Yeah, it's very cool. Like, yeah. And then we went through Cramlin, and it was like, boo! Back to Newcastle. Boring. Yeah. yeah. Newcastle's cool, but it's not Edinburgh. Yeah. Nah. People give me shit for that, you know, because I don't, I don't believe that Newcastle is the best city in the UK. Exactly. And everybody who lives around Newcastle is like, "What do you mean Newcastle is the best? It's it's not. It's the best. It's the friendliest. It's you know. It's the coolest. It's none of those things." No. <laughs> I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. very. It's a very cool city, but it's not the best of anything. It's a reason that moved to Northumberland. <laughs> it's not. It's not the best nightlife. It's not the friendliest city. Take it, take it from me. It's not the friendliest city in the world, in the UK. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that that there's my hate. I'm gonna get. Have you done anything like? It's been a few weeks since you've been on the podcast, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had started the new job. I think 
You did, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've been settling into that. Um, honestly, the the I felt like I was innocent before I started there. Relatively. <laughs> no, you didn't. Don't lie. But, Friends. Uh, I've been watching rewatching Stranger Things. Friends don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wasn't innocent. I was definitely more innocent than I was when I <laughs> than I am now. <laughs> Honestly, everything my colleagues come out with is just like mind gutter. You know. <laughs> How is that different to your previous job? How is that different to your previous Even so. job? <laughs> Even more so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who started. That's what she said. <laughs> not not in yeah. general. I just mean at, at the unnamed place where we both congregated. When my, when, when my colleagues are, we've been putting brackets up on the walls for like large green TVs. So holes are having to be drilled into walls. Sure. You can imagine the yeah. Too easy, not touching it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 when, my, when, my, when my male colleague's got his finger in the in in the hole, trying to find where the stud is in the wall. <laughs> it's too early to start the podcast, properly. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to be like, and this is the way. No, it's not. <laughs> not look at this though so this is gonna be backwards for everyone on the podcast i hope you're gonna be backwards this is my new this is my new book right it's a sequel i've talked about the original on 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 like the last when i was watching when i was watching it when i was reading it um, um this is this is the the marketing oh, yay. the top yes. look, look at the top lines man yeah Hell yeah. It's very gay. Love gay. It's good. For our audio listeners out there, the book is Harold the Ninth, and on the back it says, The necromancers are back and they're gayer than ever. People listen to this podcast, they don't necessarily watch it. And I sometimes forget that. I gotta bring everybody into the experience. Like and it's like I don't watch podcasts. I listen to podcasts. Yeah. On my speaker. I don't want to say it yeah. in case it wakes up. Like, yeah. or like, you know, I've got, I've got the, Google the podcast. non-Alexa speaker. Yeah. yeah, I've got a Google <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the he has this really started yet, so I'm just kind of like enjoying. I'm enjoying the time before. The time where it's. So what I'm looking for. Help. <laughs> not sure. Com- comfortable? No. No. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go. Why not? We'll yeah. go with comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Should we start the show? Let's start the show. Probably we don't want to talk about drilling holes in walls. Finger and studs. This is the Words About Games podcast every Monday. You can get the video version of the show on youtube.com slash wordsaboutgamesuk or an audio version on a variety of platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. There are timestamps in the description wherever you choose to get your podcast. So you can see what we've been chatting about. You can skip around or you can watch the entire podcast backwards if you like. We don't mind. We're just happy that you're here. If you want to support the show or our content directly, you could buy us a coffee over at coffee.com slash words about games. And lastly, 
If you want to hang out with us while we play some games, head over to twitch.tv slash words about games. I promise I'm actually going to stream this week. <laughs> yes, there's it, Edinburgh. So I already, I already told everybody. I already told everybody. Look, there's not going to be a stream on Saturday. I'm going to be on a train. Like, that's just how it is. And then I was meant to stream on Thursday. Like, Thursday, Saturdays. They're the streaming days. Did something else on Thursday. I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> she knows. It's fine. Secrets. <laughs> I've got to be allowed to keep a few secrets, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Me and Sylvia on here. Got to be able to keep some secrets. Wait, why isn't it looking up? What's it? What? There we go. It's like it's stuck on something. The little ribbon was stuck on the on the uh, twisty thing. It's probably. Cute, I know it's so cool, isn't it? You can't yeah. really like it washes out because this light is way too powerful. Yeah. But if anyone's gosh. wondering why I look orange, it's because I mean, apart from the hair at the top, it's because I turned the light warm. It seems to work better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm blue because I've got sunlight directly up opposite me, but uh, yeah, mine's. Eh that way so Carl, like you and moody both like you have like you sit in front of a window yeah. um which must be really cool like if it's cool outside yes. and it's not noisy because yeah. you just open the window and it'll just blow yeah. the air directly into your face yeah i don't have that luxury <laughs> it's all the way over there <laughs> and so i can't use the light off of the sun either which is inconsistent so we don't like to use it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the sunglasses yeah the sunglasses are because it's bright and it's hot i'm trying yeah. to i'm trying to ignore the light as much as possible and the heat that it's giving off and i don't know the sunglasses psychologically are helping <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so we're gonna keep them Help. on for a while <laughs> i can see fine <laughs> can we get into it let's get to it yeah. <clears throat> Game devs who don't focus on monetization are fucking idiots, says Unity CEO. This is from Rhiannon Beaven over at The Gamer, who writes, Unity CEO John Rickettiello Rick 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 calls game devs who don't focus on monetization, quote, fucking idiots, end quote. The comments were made in a recent interview where he also undermines the severity of Unity's global layoffs, which were revealed just before the industry giant bought another company. Speaking to Pocket Gamer via Mobile Gamer, Rick Tiello and other Unity executives speak about how developers should consider monetization opportunities as early in development as possible. When it's pointed out that many indie devs are against this, Rick Tiello says that those people are, quote, beautiful and pure, but also some of the biggest fucking idiots, end quote. Uh, quote, it's a very small portion of the gaming industry that works that way, end quote, says Rick Tiello when asked about developers who don't wish to consider monetization early in development. Quote, some of these people are my favorite people in the world to fight with. They're most beautiful and pure, brilliant people. They're also some of the biggest fucking idiots, end quote. <clears throat> he then goes on to explain that he, quote, respects, end quote, devs who just want to focus on their work, admiring their dedication and care. However, he suggests that these people need to, quote, figure out what makes a successful product, end quote. Oh, we'll be coming back to that. In response to the criticism these comments received, Rick said, seemingly denies that he meant to refer to his peers as, quote, fucking idiots, end quote. Taking to Twitter, he responds, quote, clickbait, out of full context, deeply sorry for what I said offended any game dev, absolutely love the people that make games, creative, hard work, end quote. 
In the full context of the interview, Unity General Manager Mark Witten had just talked about how he hopes to get indie devs thinking about how to reach their audience as early in the development process as possible. Pocket Gamer follows this up by pointing out that such discussions have seen, quote, pushback from some developers, end quote. This is when Rick Teller responds with, quote, they're also some of the biggest fucking idiots, end quote, for not following their development philosophy. Later on, Rick Taylor also spoke on the controversy surrounding global Unity layoffs. While admitting that 4% of Unity workers did lose their jobs, he also claims that, quote, over half of them got rehired within parts of other parts of Unity, end quote. He doesn't elaborate on this, so it's not known if they were rehired with the same pay and benefits as their previous positions. Rick Taylor is yet to respond to his critics in the wake of the merger with non-malware distributor IronSource. Yeah, that, that like little bombshell right yeah, at the end, like oh, yeah. the last says kaboom, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so I I follow a lot of indie devs on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of them are pretty pissed. I'm not gonna lie, like it's been yeah. a, it's been a, it's been a week. Uh, <laughs> a lot of them use Unity. <laughs> or <Well>, did? Yeah. <laughs> um, thoughts? <laughs> we, we are both. We are the two indie lovers of words about games. Yeah. It comes back to fucking capitalism again. Fucking That's all it comes down to is making money. I mean, you can see it from both sides. I'm on the side of the indie devs who just want to make make, make the games, but I can also see it on the side of the the capitalist pigs, basically, who want to make, make, make the money. Um, but, yeah. It's just, it comes down to just making money, wanting to make more money. And capitalism. And just that, that last sentence. Virgin was the malware distributor. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can, we can unpack that right now if you want, oh, yeah. like, before we talk about other stuff. So Iron Source, a company that is, that is known for um, uh, distributing malware, uh, is the company that you emerged with uh, earlier this week. Um... Uh, he's, he's got a nerve to say the biggest fucking idiots. Uh, yeah, right. So like, so like Iron Sauce is, uh, is I believe. Let me just let me let's let's you know what. Yeah, that's a Let's not. I'm not going to paraphrase shit. No. Like PCGamer.com. Yeah. Unity is merging with a company who made a malware installer. Let's read about them. Unity, the company behind the multi-platform game engine of the same name, announced it as entered into an agreement to merge with Iron Source. Now, Unity says in a statement, quote, if you don't know Iron Source, they bring a proven record of helping creators focus on what creators do best, bringing great apps and user experiences to life while enabling business expansion in the app economy, end quote. Now, that might sound pretty vague. <laughs> There's a reason. Iron Source is also well known for another reason. It developed InstallCore, a wrapper for bundling software installations. If you search for a pro popular program and seen a link to a third-party site with a URL that ended something like downloadb.net or hdownload.net, it may well have been InstallCore. If you made the mistake of downloading it, you'd be offered the kind of extras with generic names like RegClean-Pro and Driver Support an unsophisticated user might click OK on, which is how you end up with a PC full of toolbars and junk that's as slow as your parents is. <laughs> Install Core is obnoxious enough, Windows Defender will stop it running, and Malwarebytes too. 
As documented by Microsoft's chief economist for web experience strategy and policy, Ben Edelman, InstallCore was also behind a fake installer for a Windows version of Snapchat, a program that's only ever been available on mobile. It would instead install Android emulator BlueStacks as well as the usual injection of adware. And then a lot of game developers, quite rightly, <laughs> like... Fuck this. I'll just cut right to the best one. Maddie Thorson of Celeste fame succinctly said, quote, man, fuck Unity, end quote. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they've, they've merged with a, with a malware distributor um, that, is so pref- that is so infamous that we- it doesn't run. Like, if you've got Windows Defender or malware, but it's just, they'll just be like, yeah. nah, we're not running this. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, like, before, it's worth saying, like, if you if you have a game on your computer that runs Unity, like, it's fine. It's not going to have malware in it. That's, that's not how yeah. game, games work, like, <laughs> unless they update yeah. it. Um, so you don't need to worry about it right now. But, like, the, like, you now have to say, like, with the very real possibility that if you buy a game on Unity, like, it might, it might be full of malware. Or Unity itself. Like, if you start trying to use Unity, you might be full of malware. Because, yeah. like, most of the indie devs I follow around Twitter, like, they're cool. They're not going to... They're not going to fill their game full of malware just because they can. But, unfortunately, not every developer is, is like yeah. that. <laughs> um, and it just adds an extra layer of stress to the purchasing decision. Yes. yes. Um... I don't know. Like, yeah, let's unpack. What are your thoughts on on Unity and Iron Source? It just smacks of, well, the whole thing really smacks of, um, basically, we could tell you just wanting to make extra money, whatever, whatever way he can, no matter what morals. Yeah, well, no morals. <laughs> no morals. Well, uh, we're going to talk about John Riccatello just in a moment, as. We'll talk about his history in the games industry. Um, let's talk Unity share price. Yeah. <laughs> Which has dropped uh, by... Let's have a look. What are we on? We are at 33.70 US dollars. Down from 33... Wait. This is one day. This is all in a day. I was like, that doesn't look... There we go. There's the big diff. Uh, yeah, so we're at um, 33.71 down from 45.23. <laughs> so, uh... Oops. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, like, if we want to just talk about this in capitalism language, yeah. like... Yeah. That's going to be some backpedaling from him, I think, in, in mm-hmm. the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're down five percent. So, the move that I'm sure Johnny Boy uh, was like, "Oh, you know, it's we're doing this for the shareholders." I don't know. Shareholders are like, nope. Do you think the shareholders are gonna like that one, John? Jonathan, <laughs> can I call you Jonathan? I'm gonna call you Jonathan. I'm gonna call it whatever fuck you want. Let's talk about John's past, because <laughs> like, if we're gonna drag a man, let's drag a man. He was the former CEO of EA. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. 
Rick Teller served, uh, Rick Teller joined the video game company EA in nine, October 1997, initially serving as president and chief operating officer until 2004. He left the company and then returned to serve as CEO from February 2007 to March 2013 when the board of directors accepted his resignation because of the company's financial performance. Uh, yeah. 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 February 2007, March 2013, for anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, that was a period of time for EA. Um, how do I put this delicately? That wasn't great. <laughs> they closed a lot of video game studios. Um, that was the, that was around about the time where they were trying to launch that project. I don't know if you remember Project $10. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, where they were trying to... Like, they, like, if you bought a game new, you got the... The DLC, like the launch day DLC, like Mass Effect 3 had this, where it had uh, an entire character, like an entire squad mate. It was like day one DLC. Whereas if you bought it used, if you bought the game used, because you had to activate it with a code when you got it. So if you bought, if someone else bought the game used, they didn't have the code, wouldn't work. So they had to spend $10 to get the DLC. (laughs) Project $10. That didn't last very long. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Fuck this guy, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like he's he's running a he's run, he, he he seems to be running unity into the ground. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> and I've have, I've have facts and figures in front of me to back this up. So yeah. you know. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I feel pretty justified in this. How's it going? How's that? How's that going for you, though, John Boy? Calling, yeah. uh, calling your, calling your, uh, your customers because essentially, you, 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 the the yeah. indie developers that make games on Unity are your customers. I mean, you can call your customers fucking idiots if you want, but Godot exists, and people can just make games on that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been researching game video game development a bit recently for no for some reason. Um so like I do know that like there are alternatives. Unity is Unity is a great engine for 2D game development. Like Unreal Engine, it's a fantastic engine. Doesn't really do you don't really do it for to use it for like 2D game dev. But there's like there's a few different avenues for like 2D game dev that you can use for an engine. Unity just happened to be the most popular one. Um yeah. I don't know if it's going to be the most popular one in the next few years. I can see it going downhill very <laughs> It's a good job their CEO doesn't have a have a history of making terrible decisions. Hmm. Or a present of making terrible decisions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is there anything else you want to dig into in this from this news story for me? No, I think... She- I'm just face palming about that one. I really am. I get it. Like, you know, like yeah. I get I, I think I get what he was maybe trying to say in a way. Yeah. Like yeah. Of like you do have to like like, you know, if you're gonna make a, a thing, like yeah. a product. Like some people will just make video games for the art of it. Like I just make yes. I just make YouTube videos because it's how I express myself. I'm not like trying to be a content yeah. creator or anything. Yeah. Um and there's people out there that'll just they'll just make video games for the sake of making video games, um, and I love those people, and they usually make really good games. Um, 
so there are there are people who like trying to make a product as well as yeah. a game. Like I don't want to, I don't, and I don't want to like, I don't want to disparage those people by saying it's not art; it's a product. It can be both. Like a product can be art, and art can be a product. Um, until we like free ourselves from the shackles of capitalism, but right now we haven't. So, um, like you know, figure out what makes a successful product is a part of like the development process. Sure, like you gotta figure out like who 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 is this for? Like we we learned this stuff in. Uh, in media studies, like I did, like a GMPQ media, and it was like you got to learn like your target audience and how you're going to reach them and and whatnot. But like, I don't know, like you, you got to figure out your monetization options straight away. You're, you're a fucking idiot. I mean, as the as the 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 leader of the company is when the company like pioneered Project Ten Dollar. Maybe don't lecture people about figuring out monetization options, <laughs> and definitely don't call people fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> for like not figuring out like how to like bleed um like gamers dry like i don't know i think john i think you're in the wrong space like i think you've forgotten you're not really in the triple a space anymore yeah yeah you know it's not really all about loot boxes and battle passes and recurrent user spending yes um it's about making games most indie devs are quite happy to make a game and like you pay them for the game and then they get the game and then that's all that's the entire transaction <laughs> and they're not trying to pay thousands of employees but anyway I digress I don't digress that was all on topic shall we move on yeah move on Nintendo Japan formally acknowledges same-sex marriage. This is from Jeffrey Rousseau over at gamesindustry.biz. He writes, Nintendo Japan has updated its corporate social responsibility information section of its website, which now states it recognizes same-sex marriage. As reported by Eurogamer, the introduction of a partnership system section says that as of March 2021, staffers in a same-sex marriage will have the same benefits as employees in an opposite-sex marriage. The company acknowledges that same-sex marriage is currently not legally recognized in Japan. Quote, although same-sex marriages are not currently recognized under Japanese law, this system ensures employees who are in a domestic partnership with the same-sex partner have the same benefits as employees in an opposite-sex marriage. We have also established that a common-law marriage between couples will be observed in the same way as a legal marriage, end quote. It went on to say, its code of conduct, uh, let me try that again. It went on to say, in its code of conduct, it prohibits all forms of discrimination. Quote, by improving our company systems and conducting training, we will continue our work to create an environment where each of our many diverse employees can fully realize their talents, end quote. In addition, the section notes that the company has revised its regulations regarding harassment to also prohibit discriminatory comments based upon sexual orientation and gender identity. That's a big thing for Japan. That's really, really big. Well, as it notes in the... Sorry, I was dead drinking water. As it notes in the story, like, it's not, like, a thing. Like, they're, they're going... Yeah. They're, they're stepping out above and beyond the yeah, the actual exactly. law of, of, the, of Japan, the law of the land. Yeah. And, like, it's July, right? So, like, we just had Pride Month. And anyone who's hanging around the podcast might have heard me talk about some stuff you know like rainbow avatars pink washing you know all that kind of thing yeah. <clears throat> and it's like you know like some people uh, who are of the shittier persuasion let's say 
Um, you know, I might look at a might look at me complaining about a rainbow avatar and say, "Oh, well, they're doing something. What's the big deal?" Like, I could yeah. make a rainbow avatar right now. Yeah, and I won't really do anything. Yeah, just because I'm wearing my rainbow sunglasses, <laughs> it's not really helping the cause, you know. So, like, yeah. like you know, like what what is it like? What does it take to make me happy? It takes stuff like this. Like, this is what this is what corporate this is what like corporate allyship actually looks like. It's like. Yeah. Not just saying things, you know, hey, it's Pride Month. We support LGBTQs all over the place. And then that's it. Look at our avatar. And then like at yeah. midnight on July 1st, it's like our avatar's yeah. gone now. <laughs> yes. We live in a world without color again. Um, yeah. Like this is what it actually looks like in terms of like corporate allyship. And this is what I'm personally like looking for. Like, yeah for all forms of discrimination like you know if you're do something <laughs> like do something that will benefit or help people yeah. don't just and it's my hope it's nintendo is one of the biggest companies in japan if not the biggest company in japan um and it's it's my hope that if more companies like that take the same stance then that is how Japanese law eventually, hopefully, mm -hmm. will become a lot more lenient in terms of supporting. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Human rights, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. This is this is one of the um, benefits. No, no, it's not a benefit. This is this is one of the the features of living in a, in a late stage capitalist society is that corporations have a lot of power, um, and when they choose to use that power to to for, for to like forward social issues uh, in this case like for good as you say like that can actually that can actually have like a knock-on effect into like law into governance into legislation because nintendo's a powerful company in japan <laughs> nintendo's a powerful company in the world but um like yeah it's like it's not just a case of Hey, this is great for people who work at Nintendo who are LGBTQ plus. Like it's it it could be great for LGBTQ plus people in Japan in general because this could kickstart something. Like, hey, Nintendo's doing it. Like, hey, maybe like the maybe like affiliated companies will start doing will will do this as well because like Nintendo's doing it. And then hey, like other companies that are like might think, hey, we oh well, wait, we could just do that. Oh shit, let's just do that. <laughs> and then have a positive have a, a positive knock-on effect exactly and then like some yeah. companies who are like who are like maybe like shit shithead companies but might be like hey look free pr let's just do the thing nintendo did and we'll get some we'll get some pr points now they'll do it yeah <laughs> um and the next thing you know japan in general just acknowledges you know same-sex marriage yeah. um and you love to see it like we talk about Bungie a lot on this on on this podcast because like they've had some issues in the past sure no you know, i never deny that like they're one of the few companies where it's like, hey, you've had issues and you've sucked, but like then you look at what they've been doing in the past sort of twelve months and it's like, but you're getting way better, <laughs> and like yeah. you're actually doing stuff. And like for, for with Bungie, it's a case of that's great for the people who work at Bungie. Like that's fantastic. Like, and I like I do I like follow, follow I like know a couple of people who work at Bungie. Um, not like, hey, we're best friends. Just like you know, know them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and like you see them, I see them talking about like. Bungie and then working at Bungie and how amazing it is to work at Bungie and 
or like how good a company Bungie is for stuff like this. Like we you we talked about it the last time you were here on the podcast. We talked about Bungie. You know, there's not a muzzle big enough um, <laughs> <laughs> to shut us off. Like that's the shit you want to see, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I'll continue to like call out like you know like non-helpful statements of support like like if xbox like it's nice if like xbox tweets out trans rights are human rights but it's not massively helpful unless you back that up with something not calling out xbox that that was i looked i I looked in my background and i saw the xbox symbol before i saw anything else (laughs) so it went my brain went xbox will be the example then i thought well maybe people think i'm calling xbox out i'm not (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's any Xbox in this in this news in this podcast. <laughs> you can just imagine cut to thirty minutes later. Another thing, Xbox. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. Um, yeah, this is nice. We love to see it. Um, and yeah, it's cool. I'd say like, oh, I'm gonna buy a Nintendo. I already have one. <laughs> I have a Nintendo. I'm gonna play Live Alive on it soon. Thanks. Um, not yet. I don't have it. Yeah. Doesn't come out. We'll talk yeah. about that later. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Love Nintendo. Let's talk about PlayStation. Can we talk about PlayStation. I I know you probably like. I say that knowing your last two appearances on this podcast, and when I say let's talk about PlayStation, I can just see like the cold sweats are starting. <laughs> hello um like i can just see like the ptsd and the cold sweat starting of like let's talk about playstation no shit no not again <laughs> but but look luckily jim ryan hasn't opened his big dumb mouth to talk about you know cat's birthday parties so yeah, don't don't worry about it Alfie. it's fine oh. this is this is a safe news story <laughs> PlayStation Stars loyalty program has been announced. This is from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. He writes, Sony has announced PlayStation Stars, a new customer loyalty program which will launch later this year. Excuse me. Access is open to all PlayStation owners with additional benefits for PlayStation Plus subscribers. If you're familiar with Xbox's Microsoft Rewards scheme, well, this is a rough equivalent with a couple of intriguing differences. PlayStation owners will acquire reward points by logging on and completing certain activities, which can then be redeemed for PSN wallet funds and other PlayStation Store products. If you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you'll also earn loyalty points on purchases made via the PlayStation Store. Certain activities will also reward you with, quote, digital collectibles, end quote, which Sony describes as, quote, digital representations of things that PlayStation fans enjoy including figurines of beloved and iconic characters from games and other forms of entertainment as well as cherished devices that tap into sony's history of innovation end quote it sounds like points will be relatively easy to obtain with a monthly check-in that will grant you a dollop of points simply for playing a game each month more involved challenges will reward you for winning tournaments earning specific playstation trophies or even quote being the first player to platinum a blockbuster title in your local time zone end quote And for those worried about those digital collectibles ever being tradable, Sony has already ruled this out. Quote, It's definitely not NFTs. Definitely not. You can't trade them or sell them. It is not leveraging any blockchain technologies and definitely not NFTs. End quote. PlayStation's Chris Chen confirmed uh, to the Washington Post. (laughs) 
they're definitely not definitely NFTs. Definitely not NFTs. <laughs> like, I think there was like, a, I think it was a thing. I think um, when it was announced, people like saw the words like digital collectibles. Yeah. And were just like, yeah. ah! <laughs> and then I think when everybody went, ah! I think PlayStation literally went, ah! <laughs> no, we have to oh, tell shit, them. It's not NFTs. We have to tell them. <laughs> like, we don't need that shit. We don't need to get into that shit right now. No, it's definitely not NFTs. The fact that we said it three times in one statement, it's not NFTs. It's not NFTs. It's not NFTs. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> you would, right? Like, you've yeah. seen the backlash to NFTs. Like, oh, God, yes, yeah. Like, and with good reason, NFTs suck and they're destroying the planet, but, and they're terrible for artists and they're full of scams and they're a pyramid scheme, but. <laughs> Like, I just love PlayStation coming out. It's not NFTs. It's not NFTs. No, 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 it's fine. It's not NFTs. But, like, that aside, which I found highly amusing. That's, that's hilarious. Like, <laughs> like, even the thought that you might be doing NFTs can, like, cause this reaction from PlayStation, one of the biggest companies on the yeah. planet. Yeah. Let's talk about PlayStation stars. I don't play my, I haven't played my PlayStation for a while. I played Ghostwire Tokyo not long ago. Uh, which you know i didn't really have a choice it's playstation exclusive um since then i'm alive i haven't don't tell anyone healthy don't tell anyone a secret but i haven't like i've played any games for like two weeks <laughs> i've played raft that's about it yeah i've like i've streamed faz yeah and and that's it i, yeah. I mean been reading. I've had a lot of books, you know, like Stranger Things came out, like Strange New Worlds was out, like I've been cross you know, like Anyway, back to the podcast. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Shh. Uh yeah, so like I, I don't know, PlayStation stars, what does it do for you? Like, how do you feel? Like I don't know if you want a PlayStation. If you don't want a PlayStation, just pret- nope. pretend you want a PlayStation. What does this do okay, for you? Okay, <laughs> so the, this imaginary PlayStation that I've got right here. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. It's it says it in the in the um, in, in in there. Basically, it's if you're familiar with it with Xbox's Microsoft Rewards games, it's basically that, isn't it? They're just basically trying to, I think, see. Well, they've seen seen the uh, success of that, and they're just trying to jump on the bandwagon. Basically, I think. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, it's good. Like, I think, like, yeah, it's like trying to like figure out how to keep people on your ecosystem, right? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Xbox, like, I think- say, um, yeah, Xbox yeah. is an ecosystem. PlayStation is still very much a console. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think for those people who who own PlayStations, this is really this is good news. Mm-hmm. Um, Think depending on what the the products and I mean the PSN wallet funds that, that that's always good because that can, that can go towards a new game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it all depends on what the other products are that are definitely not NFTs. Um, yeah, so I think I think I know what they're kind of going for. So I don't like you didn't play this because it's a PS5 game, but um, uh, PS5 comes with Astro's Playroom, which is an excellent game. Like, if you never played it, it's not just a cool tech demo. It's a fantastic game. Um, But it's, like, very much about the history. Like, it's a tech demo for the PS5 and the the controller. But, like, it's a platformer as well. And you collect... Like, so you run... All the levels have, like, these things where, like, there's characters in the backgrounds, like, filming stuff. And, like, the things they're filming are, like, games. Like, so it's, like, Pyramid Head 
like you know Silent Hill, like Resident Evil, like there's a Devil May Cry thing, and you like go around and you look and you find them all, and like you collect things throughout the levels, which in in that game is like PlayStation history. So like um, there's like I think there's like different zones. So like you got the PS One stuff. So like you collect in like the multi tap and the the original Dual Shock is like things that you can like have like in the game. Um, so I imagine it's going to be something similar to that. Maybe they'll be like. Maybe it'll just be something you can like look at, um, or maybe there'll be like an environment that comes with like PlayStation Stars where you can like go in and you can like walk around like three D models of like Crash Bandicoot, Nathan Drake. Or maybe yeah, or maybe I, maybe for something like the um, the Steam trading trading cards, which I have never. I hope not. I mean, the Steam trading cards are cool because I can sell them, <laughs> and then I get a little bit of money for them. Oh no! Like if 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 you let them build up enough, right, and you sell them, like I've legit like I've legit bought entire games with like my pros because like you know, you can like build up to like getting like five quid or something, and then it's like for some people would be like five quid, like that's not very much money. Me and Ewelf. Yeah. Yeah, purveyors, <laughs> purveyors yeah. of the, of the yeah. cool, quirky indie games. Yeah. That's an entire yeah. game. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but like, yeah, I suppose like, like, yeah, it's like it'll it'll probably be like a PSV era, PSP, like PSP Go, like it'll be all the cool shit from like the past twenty five years of PlayStation, all the iconic characters from PlayStation's history, like Crash and Nathan Drake and the Golf Club from Last of Us Two. Way to piss off like every Last of Us fan. <laughs> Most iconic character in the game. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> oh, they're gonna hear that. Um, there are, everyone who's played the Last of Us Part Two is I either hear the furious is either is either screaming <laughs> or they're laughing because you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's definitely not NFTs. Just. So we're all clear. <laughs> um, it'll be cool. Like, like I say, like, and, and and if you haven't checked it, check out Astro's Playroom. It's a fucking cool little game. You get all the stuff, and it like, and it's like, uh, it's like a proper like three. It's like a hub world. And as you collect all the stuff, like, it just appears in the hub world. So you know, you, Astro, you know Astrobot, like the little Astrobot yes, character, yeah. like, and there's like loads of little Astrobots running around and stuff. Like there, and it's like they're like they're like fascinated by all the stuff. Like they'll be what they'll be on top of the um, like one of the things you can get is that PS One, like yeah. the the little one. Yeah. Um, and like you can like jump on the the eject button, and there'll be an Astrobot dude sitting on top of it, and it'll just go pew, <laughs> and like shit like that. It's cool. Like so cute. exactly right. Like if Aww. if. If PlayStation Stars is something like that, like I'm going out of my yeah. way to collect some shit. Like oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, like yeah, that's what I did yeah. with Astrobot. <laughs> I, Astrobot, Astro's Playroom. Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna collect all the stuff. Like I wasn't so bothered about like some of the other stuff in the like game, like getting the leaderboards and stuff. But like you know, I want to see all the yeah. cool stuff, how it interacts in the game. And then people yeah. are like, you can just go to YouTube, and I'm like, that's not the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I want the stuff. I want to walk around the stuff, and I want to. I want to interact with the stuff. It's not like Batman Arkham Arkham Knight's secret ending where it was like, I'm not doing all that. Fuck, I'll just watch it on YouTube. <laughs> like, this is the opposite. It's like, I will do all that. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> is there any other fan bases you think I can get like riled up <laughs> just by talking about this news story? I can already hear the typing. 
I don't have a cup of tea. Why would I? It's 21 degrees. I got coffee. How? (laughs) (laughs) How? So, like, what am I thinking? They make you cooler. No, they don't. They're hot drinks. (laughs) The key is in the name. Like, I literally, like, like my nighttime, one of my nighttime r- routines, like, when I'm, like, chilling and winding down is, like, read a book and make a hot chocolate. Like, my hot chocolate stuff is, like, there, you can see it. Ba-bam! <laughs> uh, sorry, audio listeners. But, like, yeah, it's, like, I haven't made one all week because it's too fucking hot. Like, I want to be comfortable. <laughs> Not holding a, holding a boiling cup of water. <laughs> going mm, yes <laughs> this is good like the dog in the meme it's fine <laughs> let's not talk about climate crisis instead let's talk about should we do indie game of the week do you want to do indie game of the week yeah. let's do indie game of the week it's time for indie game of the week this isn't from not e3 this is something i saw brand new this week it's called Wait, should i explain what this is yes i'll explain what this is it's indie game of the week every week we see a cool indie game and we decide we want to talk about it at the halftime part of the podcast. Because it's cool. And we like indie games. And we think you should like them too. <laughs> this week's indie game of the week. You will die here tonight. Very positive, right? You will die here tonight is a survival horror game inspired by the golden age of the genre with a unique twist. Death is only the beginning of your story. Lost and separated within the mysterious Breckenridge estate, you play as each member of the elite Ares division as they work to track down and apprehend a dangerous killer responsible for the slaughter of his family. Explore an abandoned mansion to uncover the sinister and brittle reality of an estate where nothing is what it seems and anything could take your life in a top-down perspective that seamlessly switches to pulse-pounding first-person arcade combat when running is no longer an option. Play as all six members of Ares Division, each with unique skills and motives that shape how they confront the horrors of their mission and how far each of them will go for the greater good. Each of them is both a victim and a hero. You can and will die, but with every death, your actions and decisions will carry forward to empower or endanger whoever remains. Uh, You Will Die Here Tonight is developed and published by Spiralbound Interactive LLC, coming in 2022 PC via Steam. There's a link in the description of wherever you've got your podcast, go click it, go have a look at that trailer, look at the screenshots, peep the rest of the store description, because I didn't read the whole thing. And then, add it to your wish list. Support indie game developers. Elfie, I'm assuming you've clicked on the link. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that shit's on the wish list, baby. Yep. <laughs> yep. This game looks so cool, fucking cool. Like, Oh, it does. It really does. Mhm, mhm. from the art style to yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. yeah. So we got like Signalis is coming out in October, which is like a, a, yeah. a Resident Evil, Silent Hill inspired game. I've just played Nightmare of Decay, which is a Resident Evil, Silent Hill inspired game. Now this, yeah. And the premise of this is great. It's like, oh yeah, there's six members of the team, and it's like one of the, you'll go in and you'll explore the mansion, and then boom, you're dead, and then the next one walks in. <laughs> And everything that you've done is like happened. So like you've explored and you know like oh there's a booby trap over there, oh this, all that. Like oh like you need to unlock that door. Fucking Dave, the guy before you, you already unlocked it. It's fine, just go through. Just go straight through. 
Oh, what? Dave got turned into a zombie? Shit. Oh, shit. There he is. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sounds so good. It does. It really does. Uh, this is going on the wish list. It's on, the, it's on like anticipated games in my brain. Yeah. Of yeah. like, as soon as I see this come out, I'm going to be like, fucking play it. Fucking buy it. Love it. You love to see it. Absolutely. <laughs> Alfie. Yeah. Shall we get back into the news? Yes. I don't know why you're saying yes. This is not. I get it. Okay, your last couple of podcasts. Every time I've been on, <laughs> they haven't. They have been great. I get it. I apologized. <laughs> have to I have to admit, I only got for people who are watching and and, and listening. I only got the um, the notes for the podcast about half an hour an hour before we started. Um, so I hadn't had a chance to really really flick through. But having just seen the headline, actually, yeah, yeah. right, right, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's get back into the news. I was in another country yesterday, Alfie. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit busy. <laughs> And you told me to go to bed on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like, it's midnight. Come on, it's past midnight. <laughs> past midnight. That's when. That's when I'm my most active. That's when I'm at my peak of productivity. Past midnight, the twilight hours. <laughs> Sexual orientation settings are coming to the Sims Four. This is from Danielle Rindo. Rindo. Okay, fan by who writes Sims fans, sexual orientation settings are coming to create a sim in The Sims 4. And the feature will be available to all players of the base game. In a post explaining the feature and some of its ins and outs, pun only somewhat intended, design lead sim guru Jessica explained the reasoning behind the new feature. I held it and then I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> Quote. Almost. As a team, we hold creativity, discovery, inclusivity, and players' core values and strive every day to celebrate diversity, equity, and inclusion for our people and community. With that in mind, we're delighted to bring the sexual orientation feature to all simmers. Between this update and the recent pronouns update, we're taking several strides forward into being a game that respects and celebrates the nuance and color of everyday life. It is important to acknowledge that these are steps in a journey that we are still mapping out. There is much further to go, and while I can't get into the details of where exactly we go next, please know that we are committed to continuing to improve our representation of the LGBTQIA community. Authenticity is a point that often comes up in regards to features like this, and rightly so. As such, I'll try to peel the curtain back a bit and speak to our efforts in making sure we got this right. Many members of the team, myself included, are part of the LGBTQIA community. That said, each one of us on the team represents only a narrow slice of lived experiences. As such, we've worked extensively with GLAD and the It Gets Better project to ensure that we've captured the widest possible range of viewpoints on how to approach this feature in a manner that respects and elevates the community. End quote. Do, do, do. Take it away, Elf. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I do hope they have asexuality in there as well. So uh, I see. This is why I said take it away, Elf, because I needed time. Yeah. I was buying buying myself some time. <laughs> take it away, Elf. Because uh, yeah, that's obviously myself being asexual. That's the first thing that I thought of. Is like I really hope that they're going to include me me in there as well. Amazingly, uh, awesomely asexual. Why not? Absolutely, absolutely. Celebrate Give all me of the. <laughs> Sorry. Give me dragons and cake any day. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Any asexuals out there, you know what that means. 
I just, I just, I just like cake and dragons. Yeah, cake and garlic bread. And garlic Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand that reference, but I'll have, like, like I, I kind of want you to explain it, but <laughs> I feel like that would ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> They're the symbols of the asexual community. Dragon symbols and garlic bread. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Awesome. Dragon, That's fantastic. Dragon's cake, and, dragon's cake and garlic bread. Dragon's cake and garlic bread. Anyway. Sneaking this in here. Little little polygon news story from you from Nicole Carpenter. Sims can now be asexual or aromantic. Here's the story. The Sims 4 publisher, yeah, game, gender, all that shit. During a press preview Wednesday, the Sims 4 developers detailed new options for sexual orientation. Players can choose who the Sim is romantically or sexually interested in. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. This is from, I, I, I didn't plan this, I, but I remembered I'd seen it and I, I knew you were going to bring it up. So yeah. uh, let me just, uh, I'm trying to find the, because there was like a thing with like, don't worry about it. This is why I needed you to talk. Yeah. Now it's, just, now it's just awkward. But then I got, <laughs> you were talking and I got distracted by dragons and garlic bread. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the new options of the sexual orientation tab are, quote, this sim is romantically attracted to men, women. This sim is exploring exploring romantically, yes, no. And this sim is interested in mess around with men, women, end quote. There you go. All of these are independent of each other, which allows for a lot of variation. For instance, alongside choosing options that let sims identify as asexual or aromantic, the, quote, exploring romantically, end quote, option will make sims open to different genders romantically, something that Croft said is representative of the high school experience because it's a high school uh, expansion pack which is a good place to put it uh, for a sim to be asexual you'll forgot adding an answer to the mess around option or for an aromantic sim leaving an answer off the romantically attracted option kaboom there it is I knew I'd seen it excellent you're I in the game yeah I am I am <laughs> I'm gonna get back into sims now <laughs> yeah let's download the sims and yeah. all 900 pounds worth of expansions god yeah um <laughs> yeah this is just cool like we're yeah. like representation in a game is super important like yeah. in anything in like art in life i think in yeah. entertainment um the sims has been one of the i'd say one of the better like video games for this kind of thing so it's cool to see this and that's the other good thing I'm pleased about is that they're adding it to the base game, so they're not making it a, a, another downloadable mm-hmm, expansion mm-hmm, pack mm-hmm. or stuff pack or whatever. It's it's you know added to, added to the base game, so yeah. everybody's got that option no matter what. Just, yeah, it's like it's coming as part of the uh, what's it called, the high school years. Yeah, high school years expansion um, pack. Like that's where it's that's where it's been developed and like where it's coming and stuff. But like. That option is available for everybody. Whether you like, you, me, I only own the base game of The Sims Four, so I've never yeah. gone back to it because I it was mean to. And then I'm like, oh, there's like 20 expansions. What do I do? And then I ask people who play The Sims, and then no one can give me a good answer. So then I just panic and play Faz. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit! I don't know what to do. Uh, Ryan, pl- let's go to Ghost Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like it's cool. Cool, good. More games companies out there do shit like that. Yeah. Please. Like I was playing now, uh, I was playing the demo for uh Mask of the Rose, if anyone remembers our most anticipated games of twenty twenty two. This is unironically probably the game I'm most excited about. Um 
Uh, it's a visual. Uh, you know, you know this game. I've heard of it. I remember. I'll explain it for people who don't who are listening who don't know. But I was just wondering, like, what your base level of knowledge was. It's like set in the. I remember the name. It's set in yeah. the fallen London universe, which is like a weird, like uh, London sunk into a like Victorian London sunk into a, in the ground, um, and everything's a bit weird and <laughs> Lovecraftian. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, and and uh, Mask of the Roses is like it's a visual novel uh, murder mystery um, slash dating sim. Um, and I play the demo of it. Uh, there's a video on YouTube. Fifteen. Amy played fifteen Steam Next Fest demos, um, and it's got timestamps just in case you only wanted to watch that one thing. Um, uh, like there's a like when you start and you create a character, like there are questions at the beginning where it's just like, hey, what are you? So what are you looking for? <laughs> like it just straight up asks you right right at the front of the game. Like, are you looking for like romance or like? just sex or like neither do you want to just like make friendships and stuff and you just pick and and it does the game does the thing and then you can do the thing so like you're not limited from playing like this dating sim if you don't want to date anyone you're not limited to like oh well i guess i can't just have like relationships with the characters like no you can totally do that it's one of the things that really fucking pissed me off with dragon age 2 (laughs) It's like, oh, you, you'd be nice to any fucking party member and they will immediately yeah. start flirting with you. And it's just like, oh, yeah, damn it. now I've got to have the talk with all, with this character to say, like, no, man, back away. Yeah. Back away slowly. <laughs> um, this is a game from a different time, though. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah. Games be doing cool things. Doing cool. Let's move on. Let's talk about games, like games, like, you know, like, you know, video games, like the thing that we apparently don't play anymore. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, let's just talk about them. <laughs> Got a few, uh, excuse me, a few game announcements. Bayonetta 3 finally arrives in October. This is from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. He writes, the long-awaited Nintendo Switch exclusive Bayonetta 3 will finally launch on the 28th of October, a new trailer has confirmed. Platinum Games' 3 cool was first announced nearly five years ago and has been MIA for much of that time. And Nintendo writes, quote, the titular Umbra Witch must face a mysterious evil using her signature guns and time-slowing witch ability. This time, invading man-made bioweapons called homunculi find themselves in Bayonetta's crosshairs, end quote. A new ability named Demon Masquerade will let Bayonetta channel the demon linked to her weapon for, quote, exciting action options and hair-raising combos, end quote. Bayonetta can also summon demons for, quote, new larger-than-life battles where you directly control the action, end quote. The game's story will feature both Tokyo and the mountains of China and let you play as the feisty witch Viola, plus her demon companion Cheshire, the the creature with the rather large teeth in the trailer. A special edition version titled The Trinity Masquerade Edition will also be available on the 28th of October. Packs the game with a 200-page art book and title sheets for the whole trilogy. In the run-up to that, a physical launch of the original Bayonetta will arrive on September 30th. Uh, the day that this happened is weird. Today is the second day in a row with a major game announcement for Nintendo, which chose not to broadcast a first-party Nintendo Direct during this year's traditional E3 window. Yesterday brought word of Kirby's Dream Buffet, which launches this summer as an eShop exclusive downloadable game. Like, they just went up on Twitter, like, twice, like, in two days, like, for two days, and they were like, here's a game. 
It's a new Kirby game. And then they were like, the next day they were like, oh, you, you, here's Bayonetta. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, okay. Is this, is this the Nintendo Direct? <laughs> <laughs> so we got Bayonetta 3, which is obviously the main yeah. headline thing. We got a new Kirby. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is... I'm just I've got a thing up here. Um there's a lot of waffle at the beginning of uh, most news stories, as you might imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um But yeah, it's like uh it's like a battle game, like a four player Fall Guys ish esque thing. Okay. So, there you go. That's my explanation of it. Sort of talk, Alfie. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, finally. Mm-hmm. I think um Moody's gonna be pleased. Because I believe it's on his uh, fancy critic. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep, and Feywald's going to be kicking himself because he's he's counterpicked it. <laughs> <laughs> Bayonetta, but, baby. Providing it doesn't get delayed again. Yeah, sure. But I don't think it will. You um, I... Bayonetta fan? I've played um, I've played a couple of them. Uh, well, I've played bits. No, I think it was Bayonetta 2. I played bits of twice. Never finished it. Um, yeah, it's... It's, it's Bayonetta. <laughs> you can't really describe Bayonetta, can you? It's just Bayonetta, it's Bayonetta. Um, yeah, it's weird, but enjoyable. But I'm not really much of a... I'm not a Bayonetta fan fan. That's fair. Um... Yeah, no, like, I mean, I'm excited. Like, Bayonetta 2 was my game of the year when... In 20XX. I don't remember when it came out. Um, <laughs> like, it's really cool game. Um, and I was one of seven people who played it because it was a Wii U exclusive at the time. Um, uh, I never played the first one. Like, I'm, I've still never played the first one. Despite loving Bayonetta 2, like, deeply. Yeah. And despite, like, being really excited for Bayonetta 3. Yeah. I've still never played the first one. <laughs> I even bought, on the Wii U when Bayonetta 2 came out, I even bought the special edition which came with Bayonetta 1. I don't know, I just never played it. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what happened in my brain yeah. that just said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Bayonetta 3. Yeah. Obs. Um, Nintendo's kind of killing it. Again this year yeah. with uh, with the games like like not in a like oh Animal Crossing is like the biggest hit of the year type way yeah. but just in a, like hey let's let's just give you some cool games like Kirby yeah yeah um, live alive which we've got coming out uh, soon like Triangle Strategy which was out at the beginning uh, close at the beginning of the year and then got Bayonetta three like yeah Xenoblade Chronicles and Splatoon coming um, yeah. it's a cool uh, year for them yeah it is absolutely. I think they're doing better this year than uh, some of the other bigger names. Yeah, definitely. Like the thing, I think this—the thing I think this year has proven for Nintendo as well—is like they don't need their heavy hitters, right? Because like yeah. we were all kind of hoping, maybe it's not necessarily expecting, but hoping like for Breath of the Wild two this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Obviously, that's next year, along with every other game being made by a triple a studio it feels like um yeah we're gonna have to talk about that on a pod we'll have to talk about 2023 on a podcast soon because it's just the game names all just flashing in my head and i was just like oh okay um 
and like they they don't have like one of their top tier like Mario or Zelda Animal Crossing like games coming out and yet somehow <laughs> like it's still a good yeah like the games yeah. I just mentioned the Mario Kart uh yeah, DLC um they're killing it but not like in the body fucking shit like yeah. everything Nintendo like oh I just thought Moody's gonna be pissed I forgot to mention both of the Pokemon games. <laughs> okay, well, that coming out in 2022. <laughs> Shit. He's going to be like, what about... He's going to be sitting there going, what about Pokemon, Amy? Pokemon's a top tier <laughs> Nintendo franchise. <laughs> and it's true. It, it's true. He's right. It is. It is one of the top tier Nintendo franchises. I just made a tip myself. Um, Talking shit about Pokemon. Cover your eyes, Silvio. <laughs> Is Pokemon is a Pokemon new Pokemon release really that much of a cultural event? I think it is now. Not with the you know, so many different releases that they've done. I don't think a new Pokemon game it's it, gonna kill me. now <laughs> is that much of a big big, big thing. Oh, Moody's gonna kill me. Uh, yep. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm. I'm sorry to all the Pokemon fans out there that I forgot Arceus and Violet and Scarlet. Existed. Yeah, yep. I forgot about Arceus too. <laughs> I forgot to play it. Um, Same. I, th- I played it for about. I watched. I watched Mooney play it for ten hours. Yeah, I've got it. I played it for about ten minutes. And, and then it. he was so selfish. So selfish. He was like, "I'm going to play the rest of it off stream." And I was like, "Well, how am I supposed to play it then?" And he was like, "Well, get yeah. it yourself." And I was like, "But I've already seen the first ten hours." <laughs> Uh, but anyway, let's stop Dragon Movie <laughs> and Pokemon. I didn't mean it. I forgot. It's a genuine mistake. I'm not. Am I going to cut this yeah. out of the podcast? Absolutely not. I own nah. Um, I mean, yeah, like you know, I mean, I, I guess in like in terms of, in relative terms of like 2017 when we got a new a new Mario and a new a new Zelda was kind of like where my head was going with that. Pokemon yeah. is obviously a big deal and will sell a shitload of units. Um, oh god, yeah, yeah. At the end of the year, not as many as Elden Ring though. <laughs> uh, I did want to mention as well one thing being at a three related, which is uh, that it's going to have a family friendly mod for the first time in the series. Um, Bayonetta family friendly. Y- yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there's a tweet from developer Platinum Games that shows a video of a mod that's not been included in previous Bayonetta games. It's called Naive Angel Mod, and will have the titular witch completely covered in all scenes, as well as extra coverage on her demonic form's breasts. Goals. I wish I had demonic forms, bro. Anyway, uh, the mod allows for a more family-friendly take on the series, perhaps to entice younger players, while the series is also known for its mature humour. However, it's not exactly canon, as Bayonetta's skin-tight suit is made of her hair, which in turn acts as a conduit for her magical wicked weave powers, hence the nudity. Uh, and then that's it, yeah. Basically, like, because in Bayonetta, like... Her hair is her clothes, and also like her hair yeah, is like the, like her attacks. So like you know, the more yeah. combos you do, like the more naked Bayonetta gets in 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 this in the game as you're playing. It's fine. Apparently, like there's gonna be like a a setting now, <laughs> like in Bayonetta three, so you can just ha- not have her like get more naked as you beat the shit out of some demons or whatever. Um. Yeah, in the tweet it says, by turning it on, you can play right in the living room without having to worry about what's on screen. 
Does anyone that's... play? Does, can just like real talk here for a second? Like, does anyone do that anymore? Play games in ah Jesus. <laughs> play games in uh in like the living room, like. I, like yeah, like I, I feel like the only time I ever I ever like talk to people who are like playing games like in a communal setting, like a living room with a partner or something. Like you, you, everyone's involved in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I played Life is Strange: True Colors, True Colors last year with like Nelly, but like we were both playing the game. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. sit there and stick the Xbox on and be like, I'm playing Life is Strange. And you do what the fuck you want, like. <laughs> Like play in a different room. No, I, th- I think yeah. I think most people now either have their own little rooms, like a like us, or yeah. It's not like when yeah, we were kids, right? And it was like there was one yeah, TV, exactly. so it was like yeah, I want to play on the yeah. PlayStation. Well, I want to watch Emmerdale. Yeah. Like fuck Emmerdale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know where my brain goes sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Soul Frame. Looks like Warframe crossed with Princess Mononoke. This is from Johnny McGregor over PC Gamer. He writes, At Digital Extreme's annual event, TennoCon, the Canadian studio revealed what's coming in the next update and expansion for its flagship game, Warframe, with the time-loop-themed Duviri Paradox. Digital Extremes looked at the past for the other big announcement to come out of TennoCon 2022. It's making a fantasy game called Soulframe. Digital Extremes are calling Soulframe a free-to-play action hybrid MMORPG. So it's fair to expect it won't be a million miles from Warframe in how it plays, only with less electric ballerinas and mech suits made of dead people and more magical sword fights. The cinematic trailer features a stag covered in ritual paraphernalia as well as a friendly bird and a giant wolf in need of rescue, which gives it a definite Princess Mononoke vibe. Conflict between humans and nature will apparently be a theme of Soulframe. Quote, with Soulframe's world building and thematic elements, we are really looking to go back to our childhood favourites and pull from in- pull inspiration from the elaborate fantasy worlds that we fell in love with growing up. Uh, that was Je- This is Jeff Crooks, uh, who's, which is Soulframe's creative director. Which? That's not a pronoun you use for people. <laughs> Who is Soulframe's creative director? Uh, and he continues on, our team is really interested in this idea of nature and humanity colliding, and we'll be exploring a lot of those themes through our own lens while playing with ideas of restoration and exploration, end quote. Though no release date has been announced, Digital Extreme says Warframe fans will be familiar with the build-up to its release, which will, quote, be transparent, collaborative, and an iterative process, end quote. And those interested in finding out more can visit Soulframe website at soulframe.com for an interactive puzzle before registering their email for updates and given an opportunity to reserve their in-game, na- in-game name by declaring their envoy. So it's that time of year again, Tenocon. Warframe is currently being reinstalled on my Xbox. <laughs> Every time. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, Warframe exists. <laughs> oh, it's a summer ritual. <laughs> Elfie, it's like, oh, Warframe exists. I should play that. I really enjoy it. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna start it again though. I'm gonna start it again and be like, I'm gonna, you know what, fucking instead of getting in and being like, where am I? What's going on? What's all this shit? <laughs> I'm just you know, like, all right, start again. Maybe this is the yeah, this is the key. This is the key to getting into it. But they also announced a fantasy MMO, brand new, Soul Frame. Very, very clever name. Well done. Yes. Um yeah. You like fantasy shit, I like fantasy shit. Yeah. What do you reckon? 
I've seen a couple of clips of the, of the trailer. I haven't actually seen the full trailer itself, but from just from the the couple of clips, it does look good. It's very good. Yeah. So Warframe's a cool game. Like I've been playing it on and off since it came out. <laughs> Literally every year. <laughs> Literally, like I was uh, I was at EGX twenty thirteen. Yep, I've got a postcard. Um, <laughs> yeah, 2013. Uh, the like it was it was when the PS4 was there before the PS4 came out. Yeah, uh, and I was in a line for PlayStation's over 18 section because um, like they have to they have to put the like the adult like themed games like behind a wall so like kids can't see them. Um, so like PlayStation solution was to just put the whole thing in like a like a room almost. Yeah, and uh, I was in a queue for Killzone whatever the fuck it was called when it came out on ps4 it was a big queue um killzone was a was like the big ip for like playstation apart from knack obviously but that wasn't in the over 18 section um and what i didn't realize was that was like they were doing warframe there as well <laughs> so i was in this huge queue for killzone and everybody was waiting for killzone and then one of the developers from digital extremes came out of the room and started walking up the queue it was asking people are oh, you here to play warframe are you here to play warframe like going up and up and up and up and i've been in this queue for like 45 minutes i was like you know what i'm fucking sick of waiting here so she got to me she went are you here to play warframe and i was like absolutely <laughs> yes i'm here to play warframe and i got to play warframe a game i'd never heard of <laughs> was definitely not queuing for um, it's fucking great. It's so much fun. Like you just run around, sliding around, and you shoot things, and you're gonna. You're also a ninja in space. So, like got a sword, and you're like swish, swish, swish. Um, and it keeps dragging me back in. So it must be new in summer, right? So like the idea that they're making a fantasy version of that, yeah, with a big wolf, yeah, and a friendly bird, yeah. I haven't seen the trailer. I literally didn't know this existed was, until I put this put it this was together. Just the wolf that <laughs> Giant um. wolf, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it doesn't take much then to like nope. <laughs> to get you into a game. No, All right. <laughs> fair. Um, hey, whatever, whatever tweaks you freak. Um, <laughs> like I just, I, I haven't even seen the trailer. I'm already in because I'm like, yeah, the game that they make right now is good, and I like fantasy. Yeah. And Princess Mononoke is a fantastic film. Yes, <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe that's the key. Maybe it's not Warframe that I need to like get into. Maybe it's like, oh, if you make a new game, I'll just get into that. It's like Yakuza, like Yakuza, like a dragon. Where I was like, oh, if I just start playing this, <laughs> or Judgment, it's like, wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, Yakuza games. Um, it's a lot of that's a lot. I got to play a lot to get into this. I just play the spin-off, which is kind of the same, but with new characters and new story and new tone. That works. <laughs> um, I imagine it's going to be a while before Soulframe on comes out, mm. which is my only sort of like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> um, because there's not that much information out there about it. I'm looking at the no. screenshot now. With there is, yeah. in fact, there is definitely, in fact, a giant wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Oh, okay. So, like, we got some additional details. Shout out the Washington Post. 
Uh, Soul Fair will be built around slow and heavy melee combat, have a focus on exploration, and will feature a hub world similar to Warframe's open world planets. The world is said to be a little angry about what's been done to it, causing the ground to shift throughout the day, leading to some proceduralism within the presumably explorable cave networks and crevices beneath its surface. And there's also a five-minute trailer, so I'll watch that. Uh, later. Heavy melee combat. I mean, it makes yeah. sense. Bit weird if you were running around in uh, Princess Mononoke with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a robot ninja from space. <laughs> oh, I'm just getting the weirdest visual here. <laughs> Actually, that sounds pretty, pretty dope. Like, <laughs> like a dragon coming up like, oh, I'm going to fucking destroy it. And you're just like oh, a robot my. ninja. Like, all right then, bitch, let's dance. <laughs> Ah, speaking of a game where I will definitely not be saying, alright, bitch, let's dance, a new single-player Aliens action horror game is in the works. This is from Marcus Stewart over at Game Informer, and if you think that's bad, it gets it gets so much scarier. A new game based on the film Aliens is in the works by developer Servios in partnership with 20th Century Games. Servius primarily develops VR titles. <laughs> and it's perhaps best known, is the team behind Creed Rise to Glory. The studio describes the untitled project as a single-player, quote, immersive action horror game, end quote, and it's being made for PC, console, and virtual reality. The game's website states that it's developed. Anyone thinking I'm talking shit about the VR here, I just want to point out I'm not. We'll talk about it in a minute. The game's website states that it's developed using Unreal Engine 5, and has an original story that takes place between Alien and Aliens, quote, where a battle-hardened veteran has a vendetta against the Xenomorphs, end quote. There's no trailer or screenshots, but Servia says we'll learn more about the game on July 21st during San Diego Comic-Con at the Alien Expanding a Dark and Frightening Universe panel. Alien in VR. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Hell no. <laughs> so I've done that before. Like, <laughs> I played uh, Alien Isolation. Um... They made it. They made a, They made one of the uh, at EGX. They had one of the demos, um, for VR because VR wasn't out like con- out yet for consumers, um, and they made one of the survival missions that they put it in VR so you can play Alien Isolation <laughs> in VR. It's a lot like my roller coaster story where it was like I'm in the queue going, this, I play Alien in VR, like because I've played like. This tech demo and that tech demo and War Thunder, which is a fine game, but I don't really want to fly a plane. Yeah. I'm gonna play Alien in VR. I'm gonna play something cool in VR. I'm gonna play something cool in VR. I'm gonna play something cool in VR. Put the headset on. This was a terrible mistake. I never should have done this. <laughs> I am. I am. I am in the Alien universe. <laughs> there is an <Yes>. alien. <laughs> I have a VR headset on. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I couldn't. But for, for, for those of you who want to know how wimpy I am, if you go to my uh, YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash elfdaughter, um, and have a look for a very old uh, video on there. Um, it's a game called Narcosis. Um, that'll give you, uh, tell you how much of a wimp I am. I couldn't finish the game. I did about Damn. two or three episodes, I think. And I, uh, yeah, you can just see my reactions to some of the things that, that, that happen in there. And that's not even in VR. Um, so yeah, I love a good no. horror game. I love being scared. For me, for me, I know some people love horror, but for me, there's 
there's a, there's a quote in there which are four words that, in my opinion, should never ever go together: immersive, action, horror, game. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you ever played Isolation? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, yeah, thinking of one level in particular. I don't know, like, it's weird. Like, I always think playing a horror game is a great idea until I'm playing it, and then mm. I regret all of my life decisions. But, like, it's fun. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I would keep doing it if it wasn't. Like, I've been try- like, yeah. actively trying to find ways to make Phasmophobia scarier and succeeded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, I'm, I'm not going like, to play that in VR. But, uh, I mean, I'll play this, OBS. I'm literally, like I've said to everyone who's come through this podcast in like the last few months, I'm literally just waiting to see what PlayStation are doing to decide whether I'm getting a PSVR yeah. 2 or a Quest. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm scarred by isolation, by my, my few minutes of trying to... Cause so the, the challenge level was um, you have two shots in your flamethrower. Because like in, in isolation, you have a, you can you can... I want to say scare the alien off, but like you don't scare a xenomorph. Like you can like you can like yeah. get it to retreat a retreat with fire. Um, yeah. It's a pretty cool mechanic to like the video game, <laughs> like the main game. But like in the in that in that challenge, you have two shots, so you can do it twice. Um, nice. And you have to like flick a bunch of like move around, flick a bunch of switches, and power so you can get through a door to escape. That's the challenge. <laughs> sneaking around while an alien's because you can hear it like clambering around and clattering around and stuff and then like it's obviously it's VR so you got like the spatial audio going on yeah um, it was an experience but there's a part of this that I don't know like I don't know if anyone caught as I was reading it out I don't think you were on this podcast but I know I should we, I know me and Moody both shared this in the in the discord Do you remember that train station demo from Unreal Engine 5 oh Yes. <laughs> Let me just reread yeah. a part of this story. The game's website states that it's developed using Unreal Engine 5. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm not even going to try and describe it. Just Google Unreal Engine 5 train station demo. Um, that's what they're making this game in. Yeah. That engine that made that train station that nothing spooky happens in. Mm. It's a tech demo. Like, so they literally, it's just like, look at this cool thing. Ooh, ooh. And I still was like, I think I'm retiring from playing horror games. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're making. Uh, Aliens VR. You know. Yeah. I'm going to have to play it. Yeah. Why did I like, why? why I'll watch I, you play it. Why, I'm, you think I'm streaming it? <laughs> Only if I have someone in chat at all times with 999 on standby. <laughs> Um, why did I build my own personal brand around doing the dumbest shit I possibly can think of? Yeah, yeah, you shake your head. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. 
Embracer Group has spent $2 million on 50,000 games for its retro game archive. This is from Sean Murray over at The Gamer. He writes, Several weeks ago, Embracer announced the Embracer Games Archive with the intent on preserving all things related to the video game industry. This included old physical copies of games in cartridge or disc form, home and mobile consoles, and even game accessories, all of which would be stored in a massive vault in Karlstad, Sweden. So far, the company has acquired over 50,000 titles after having spent an estimated $2 million. That's according to Embracer Group CEO Lars Vingafors, who spoke to Waypoint about his company's new initiative. Quote, A few years ago, I realized it would make much, it would make much more sense to make an archive rather than a personal collection. I really like the concept of having an everyday organization around this that lives and breathes around building that, this archive, end quote. What, begins, what began as a personal collection of retro games then grew into an actual division of the Embracer Group. <laughs> he hired David Bostrom, a YouTuber with both knowledge of the retro games market and experiencing managing warehouses, to head the games archive and handle acquisitions, which are often performed in bulk and at a discount wherever possible. Vingafors uh, explained, quote, There is a huge difference between buying games as an investment collector and buying games for the archive. So far, I have been signing off all major collections purchases, just keen that we care about our shareholders' money and not go crazy, end quote. It's the fact that Embracer is beholden to those shareholders, which now includes Saudi Arabia, that leads some to question the wisdom of Embracer's new game archive. For starters, there are already video game museums out there. The National Video Game Museum has public displays and physical artifacts, while the Video Game History Foundation tries to preserve uh, tries to preserve all games digitally. It says call games digitally. I don't think it's meant no, it's to. No. <laughs> em Embracer isn't truly preserving these games either. While there are consoles that might be able to run some games long after into the future, Games Industry Bears notes that many newer discs and cartridges either contain a partial copy of games or just a license to download the game from store servers. When those servers inevitably cease operations... Ooh, discs aren't going to do anything. <laughs> there we go. That's the story. Yeah. Yeah. So we're big we're big on game preservation here on the Words About yeah. Games podcast. It's the only time I've I've almost punched Moody in the face. <laughs> Which is difficult. Because, you know, yeah. we're not in the same physical space. But anyway, I digress. What do you think, Alfie? Um At first I was thinking, yep, yeah, that's great, that's really good preserving the games and then it got down to the part where it says <laughs> the shareholders include Saudi Arabia sure which you know what I, how I feel about Saudi Arabia um, enlighten us I think... <laughs> the listeners out there who maybe have missed your oh, episodes of the podcast oh the rants the rants the rants that happened about Saudi Arabia yeah uh, I'm not going to get into that because okay. <laughs> uh, I would just go off on a tangent and it would be feel free all night <laughs> Um, but you say all night, yeah. it's quarter past two, so exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's how long the map to go I mean, I can just cut you off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Basically, Saudi Arabia is trying to get their fingers in all the in, in, in all of the pies in, into everything that may potentially garner any sort of money and um, reputation laundering. And um, however, um, I am on the side that questions the wisdom of the new game archive, and as it says. Um, that the new cartridges that contain either the partial games or sure. the licenses, what's the point? Because yeah, the servers aren't there to download, as you say. It's like yeah. one day, and I know people are going to be like, this will never happen. One day, Steam will not be there. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. And then what are you going to do about all yeah. those video games? Exactly. And it's a similar it does... situation here. I know he says that it's not a um, a personal collection, but that's kind of how it's feeling. Right. It's a personal archive. Sure. Um, like, I, I applaud anyone trying to, like, trying to... Sorry, I thought I'd unplug my microphone there. Um, I, I applaud anyone trying to, like, preserve video games, yeah. like, the history of video games. And, like, I don't think we should be picking and choosing, like, what we preserve. We should just preserve everything. It's like, oh, well, who was going to want to play this game from that no one remembers? Someone might. Yeah. Like, and even if we don't, it's a part of the history of our, of our like, art form. <laughs> like... Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if it's bad. Someone made it, so let's preserve it. That's we have we have art museums for, for a reason. We have <laughs> libraries for a reason. We have archives for a reason. Why not? Why can't we have yeah, a game archive exactly. as well? Nobody nobody that. gets to decide like what it deserves being preserved and what doesn't. Like everything should just be available. Yes. Um. And like I love like so I'm a fan of Noah Clip, uh, which is like video game documentaries, and they made a, they made a documentary about the National Video Game um, Museum. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's really cool. It almost closed down um, a while ago, um, but uh, it's really cool. And like stuff like that, I get it. It's like that is that is like public game preservation for like for the public good. It's like we got to try and preserve as much as possible. Um, like this is a private collection. <laughs> yes, it is. Like yeah. someone is it's buying this stuff and it's being stored in a warehouse. It's like great. Like yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming at some point, you know, Embrace is going to be like, "Hey, we're going to do a thing. We're going to make a, a tour in Sweden or whatever." And it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cartridges will degrade. Discs yes. will degrade. That's how that that's how it works. Paper yeah. eventually will degrade. Um, so like, what's the, uh, like, what's the plan here? Like, what's, what's the plan, yeah. Lars? Do you mind if I call you Lars? I'm going to call you Lars anyway, because you can't really do anything about it. Like, w- like, what is the plan? Like, are we going to, are we, are we uploading this stuff into, onto servers? Like, are we, are we making this stuff available for people to, to re-experience on some way? Like, you know, like, yeah. are we opening a theme park? Like, what's the, what's the plan? <laughs> I appreciate the effort, and it's nice to know that it is being like stuff is being preserved in some way. But I don't know if it's for the public good or if it's just for this guy to have a warehouse full of, yeah, full of old video games. Yeah, that's that's how it feels. It's not like it's not like the video game history for Foundation. It's not like the um, the National Video Game Museum. They're actually doing it for the public good. Sure. Um, and yeah, this just basically feels like a glorified personal collection. That was weird. I thought my curtains moved. My window's definitely shut. <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> um, the ghosts of video games past are here. Um, yeah, like it would be nice, like to like maybe like to to, to partner up with uh, with some with one of those foundations. Yeah. Um, especially like maybe like the Video Game History Foundation to like help preserve these games like in a digital format. Um. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, yeah. For this, um, and and not a great amount. Like, there's more will for it than there was. Um, even just a few years ago, like Xbox is doing its backwards compatibility stuff. 
um, to try and keep like games alive, like yeah. from its back from its back catalog, um, which is I appreciate. Like I, I say, and I'll say this: like, no matter how controversial it is, I don't, I don't, I don't personally think it's that controversial. Like, if you're not gonna sell me the game, I'm, I'm gonna emulate it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's that yeah. simple. Like, I am willing to give PlayStation money for like the old Resident Evil PS1 games, but like, until that day comes, <laughs> I'm not gonna sit around and wait for you to, to allow me to do that. Like, if I want to play them, yeah. I'm gonna play them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and then Moody would chime in with his, "Well, we're not entitled to old video games. It's like it's an art form. Like yes, it's not, it it's not just a, a a series of products that mean nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. It's an art form. So it'd be the same yeah. with movies. It's like yeah. if you take down all of the to, to tie this into like the previous scene. Sorry, if you take down all the Alien films like from like the from the seventies, right?" And say like, well, we're not putting them up anywhere, so you can't give us money to, to watch them. Well, I'm going to watch them anyway if I feel like it. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to make me watch Alien Covenant. <laughs> That's not <Yep>. happening. <laughs> um. So yeah, like I'm, I'm cautiously, curiously needing to know the plan here, Lars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. We've got way more stuff to talk about we're not going to talk about every single game that's on this list we never do when we talk about awards but uh playstation triumphs with develop star awards 2022 this is from daniel parts over at gamesindustry.biz uh, he wrote the developer star awards took place last week in an annual celebration of outstanding game development in the last 12 months it took place in brighton i wasn't i wasn't jealous of the all the people on my twitter timeline going brighton for develop i wasn't jealous not at all. Anyway, <laughs> there were the Develop Star Awards. Now we've talked a lot about like all the different awards, like you know, game developers and the game awards. Um, yeah. um, let's talk about a couple here. Like I'm going to do the first one because the very first one was the best narrative of Life is Strange Tricolism. I like that game. I'm going to channel Moody. It was his favorite game of last year and just say like it does deserved to win best narrative for me personally there was only one other game that beat it and didn't even have any dialogue um <laughs> but true colors was a fantastic game it was an amazing experience um i loved it and moody loved it more than i did um i don't know if there's anything on here that like jumps out at you like not particularly um i mean best extended uh reality game i mean obviously best in evil for VR. That had to happen. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, best yeah. IP, Deathloop. Yeah. Oh, Deathloop. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's also yeah. uh, Best Micro Studio, Acid Nerve. They made Death Store. My favorite game of 2022. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. It's funny, isn't it? I think we talked yeah. about I talked about this after we did the um GDC was it the GDC awards? Dice Awards. Mm. I mean we talked about the Dice Awards and I was like it's weird. I have like my my ta- like my tastes in terms of like the awards being given out like more I'm like way closer aligned to like developers than journalists or like content yeah. creators. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Yes, I agree with I like I love a lot of this stuff. Like I just love Yeah. I just love when like 
celebrating like cool games always yeah. best te- yeah. technical innovation ratchet and clank rift part i mean yeah yes. like yes. <laughs> i mean fucking hell you couldn't release that game on ps4 <laughs> ps4 would blow up um and best game design to unpack and unpacking was like one of my favorite games of last year oh, as well yeah, i fucking love that yeah. game um yeah. maybe doesn't get it we did a because we never reviewed it we did a, a game of the year and i'd played it the day before we did the game of the year stuff because we used the christmas break to like catch up on stuff and i was like i gotta play unpacking so many people on my Twitter timeline have been talking about this game. I just got to play it. And it, yeah. I played it in an afternoon. Yeah. And like, because from the outside, looking in, you played it, right? Yeah. 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 From the outside, looking yeah. in, you just move some stuff around and it's a chill puzzle yeah. game. So when I yeah. came onto the Game of the Year podcast, and um, I was like number three on my list. And I was like, and I was like, I fucking I wept at the end of this game. And he was like, yes. it's a puzzle game. No, it's so much more. It's you move stuff, you put stuff in like cupboards, and I was like, "True," <laughs> but the way that they've like crafted a narrative yes. around moving items yes. into a house, yes. like, and then he because he said he'd played it, and I said, "Oh, well, like you didn't finish it clearly, otherwise he wouldn't have questioned yeah, my initial statement." And he went, "Oh, how far yeah. did you get?" He's like, "Well, at level three. and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Tell me when you get to the to the to the the boyfriend's house, <laughs> yes. oh, God, yes. and you place the last item in the boyfriend's house, and yes. they're like, "You're yes. on a." From that moment, you're on a journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I fucking loved every minute of it. Yeah. Like I was cheering, I was crying, I was, I was, I, and there's no like cutscenes, there's no dialogue, there's nothing. No. You literally, no. it's telling a story in such a really yeah. unique and cool way, like. Yeah. I'm going to make a really big, long, in-depth video about this game. <laughs> yes, I have to. It, needs it. it absolutely needs it. Absolutely. Um, Such a good game. Yes, I'm like I'm. I'm waiting for like. It's like, huh? Like, how long does a game have to be out before I can like do a retrospective on it? <laughs> yeah, five minutes. Five minutes. I did it. Retrospective. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love I love unpacking. There's um no I mentioned no clip before. I'm gonna mention them again. Um, if you go on to no clip studio, there's a there's an interview they did where they talked to the developers of the game about making the game, like how unusually complicated it is to make. Yeah, such yeah. A, a a simple looking game. Yeah, um, it's really really interesting stuff. Might I might if I remember, I'll link it in the description. If I forget and it's not there, it's no. Just go to No Clip Studio on YouTube and you'll find it. It's like the newest video. Uh, last news story of the day, though. It's all a little fun. We'll have a little fun to end it out. Like, end out the podcast. Like I'm like I'm like I'm liking the fact that you got a smile on your face. Yeah, I've just seen the headline. <laughs> because you haven't always ended podcasts with a smile on your face. So I'm, I'm happy. I feel like this was my redemption arc. Absolutely. PlayStation console exclusive Stray getting limited edition 160 pound cat carrier. This is from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. He writes, if you're somebody who likes cats, video games about cats, and taking your cat on adventures in the real world, well, this Stray branded cat carrier may be for you. Or rather, for your cat. Stray publisher Annapurna Interactive has announced this limited edition collaboration with pet accessories brand Travel Cat to commemorate the launch of Stray on PC and PlayStation next week, which is 
this week. Uh, Annapurna wrote, quote, we've hinted at it. It's true. We're happy to share that limited edition Stray X travel cap merch for your feline companions is up for pre-order. You could also use the harness and backpack for small slash medium-ish dogs if you really wanted to. <laughs> End quote. Actually, we'll just keep going with the quote. This backpack is super versatile. You can really put anything in it. We've seen everything from pet ferrets and rabbits to small dogs and groceries. End quote. Uh, so it's a backpack. So really, it's a backpack, but it does have straight branding. I love it. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I don't have a cat, and I'm like, I don't have a pet of yeah. any kind. And I'm just like... <laughs> I mean, the birds could go in it. I've got a dog to go, go in it. I was going to say, the birds could go in it, sure. Birds could go in most things. That's By the way, maybe not. Let's tell everybody the names of your birds. I've got Fr- uh, Sam and Pippin. Used to have Frodo. Where'd you get those names from? They sound familiar somewhere. Just a, just a little book, you know. Oh, Nobody's really better yet. Yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> I think most people have seen just the film these days. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I've read the book. Just a small little franchise that, you know, nobody's really heard of yet. No. Um, could Jasper fit in this bag? That's the question. Mm, that is the question. That is the question. See, what I would do with the bag is yeah. I would just put Buzzy in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I take Buzzy on adventures. <laughs> for for anyone listening to the podcast stories doesn't know Buzzy is my is my emotional support squishmallow. It's it's a it's a cushion that's shaped like a bumblebee with a big smile on his face. And Twitch chat named him Buzzy. So there we go. Buzzy Law for you. So deep cut from Words About Games. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Australia, but we're going to talk about that in a moment because it's time for Games Out this week. Yay. On July 19th, three games coming out. Endling, Extinction is Forever is coming to PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. As the last mother fox on Earth, your cubs need all your care to survive in a merciless world that slowly destroys itself. You have to help them, teach them, and save them. And you should never forget that Extinction is forever. Also on July 19th, Stray comes to PlayStation and PC and will also be available day one on PS Plus Extra. Lost, alone, and separated from family, a stray cat must untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long-forgotten cyber city and find their way home. And lastly, on July 19th, As Dusk Falls comes to Xbox and PC and will be available day one in Game Pass. Explore the entangled lives of two families across 30 years in an original interactive drama from Interior Night. Starting in 1998 with a robbery gone wrong, the characters' lives depend on the choices you make gonna have a lot to talk about about games coming out this week (laughs) on july 20th Baldur's gate dark alliance 2 comes to playstation xbox switch and pc an old school hack and slash action rpg awaits pick one of five heroes defeat monstrous enemies with weapons and spells loot treasure and level up this classic DD fantasy adventure Uh, Also on July 20th, Tombstar comes to PC. Take on the Grimheart gang as you shoot, dodge, cloak, and explode your way across Tombstar in this space-western roguelike shooter. Grab your guns, buckle your spurs, and take back the planet for justice, for revenge, and for the galaxy. And lastly, we've got two games coming out on July 22nd. Live Alive comes to Nintendo Switch. The legend is alive. Live Alive, originally only released for the Super Famicom in Japan, is being revived on Nintendo Switch. Experience this legendary RPG for the first time in the West, brought alive in the same HD 2D visual style as Octopath Traveler and Triangle Strategy. 
And lastly, on July 22nd, Hostlight comes to PC. Hostlight is a casual, single-player puzzle game with mechanics that revolve around the use of lights and shadows, which will help you create objects to solve the puzzles, ascend levels through the tower, and unveil its, its mysteries. Where the fuck did this week just come from? <laughs> Yeah, next three weeks off to play games. Those I was literally, cool. yeah, they're all bangers, right? I was literally yeah. like doing my thing, and like I always do the games out this week first, like as the show notes. Um, and then I was like putting it all together, and I was just like, shit, like Stray's coming out, cool. Live Alive's coming out, cool. As do Falls, Dusk Falls is coming out. Uh, hang on, <laughs> slow down here, slow down. <laughs> oh. Endling's been on, on my wish list for. So I've talked about this with Moody. Endling, and I'll, I'll, you talk yeah. about it in a sec. Endling is a game that I think is going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm like looking at it, and I'm like, this definitely feels like an Amy ass Amy game, as Moody would say. But yeah. I can't emotionally put myself through it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is going to be. Um, but it just looks. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait for that to come out. So, like, if I don't play it for a while, it's not me looking yeah. at the game and going, I don't think I want to play that. It's me looking at the game going, I don't think I can play that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think yes. between, I think between it and Stray, I think emotions are going to be. Stray is just going to be cool. Yeah. Stray is just going to oh, be cool yeah. as fuck. Um, host, host Light sounds awesome as well. Yeah, Host Light does sound interesting. That's one of those games yeah. that I just, like, I just picked up on um like as being like it, it exists when i was doing this podcast like these notes yeah. and stuff so um yeah i'm like it's pretty cool right like yeah I, there's, there's, there's only there's only one game on there that doesn't really interest me that much that's tombstone tombstone yeah yeah tombstone is a game I, I like i put it in the notes and i was like oh i mm. don't know anything about tombstone and then like when i went on the when I went on the website, uh, the store page, and I saw the trailer, I was like, no, I've seen this, like, tons of times, like, at, like, events and stuff. Like, I've seen this game before. I just don't remember. And, and it, I don't think it's making it. And I'm, it's something that, like, it sounds like it could be pretty cool. Like, I don't want to knock yeah. it or anything. Um, yeah. But it's I like, I think it's, it's one of those games that if you like that sort of thing, you like the game. But if you're not a particularly big fan of that sort of style, which I'm not particularly. Um, sure. I think that's that's the only reason why it's not striking a chord for me. Uh, but the the other one sounds absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I got to try and find I got to try and find space for all these games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As dusk falls, which is like you know. Uh huh. I'll find time to play them. Can you take the next few weeks off? <laughs> Do it. Do it. Yeah, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance Two confused me because I was like, yeah. wasn't that only out last year? Like they've made a second one. This is a re-release of the. Ah. old Dark Alliance 2. Ah, that makes sense. Because I was like, me and Elfie played that last year. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've made a sequel already? No, they haven't. Um, this is like the old isometric uh, hack and slash yeah. game. I Which played I- a lot. Of, I played a lot of the Dark Alliance games on PS2 with friends. Yeah. Which I'm hoping it should be. I don't, well, I, I don't, I don't think it'll be hard to beat the Dark Alliance that we played. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit um Yeah. Yeah. And live alive. 
which is like gaming history yeah. come to life. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Live Alive is going to be so cool to play, but also like so weird because it's like the H- the two DHT remakes that art style is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I can't wait to play it. But it's like this is the game. This is one of the like those classic GRPGs that like inspired things that we like take for granted in GRPGs. And it's like yeah. so, some of it came from Live Alive, like being released yeah. in Japan all those years ago. And it's like we've never played it, so yeah, it's gonna be cool to like to replay experience it, to experience yeah. this. Yeah, it's like gaming archaeology. That's <clears throat> what I explore. That's what I, I think I talked about it with Moody at the. When we talked about the direct last week, I was like, it's gonna be like archaeology. It's cool. It's like I'm yes. playing this game yes. from like the nineteen eighties. <laughs> yes. yeah. For the first time, because it's never been it's yeah. never been available in the West before. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Anyway, one more section of the podcast. I just want to point out for everybody out there listening and watching this podcast, the temperature has arisen seven degrees since we started. <laughs> Uh, I just I, I, warmer. I just checked it on my phone. It's seven degrees warmer now than it was when we started started the podcast. So pray for us um, wow. as the day goes on. Um, but it's time. I need to actually update the score on last week's Open Critic to Hand game. I think I know what it is, but I didn't actually write it in. I've written Escape Academy and Open Critic. It's taking me to Ace Academy, which is a 2016 PC game that looks very anime. Not quite what I'm looking for. There we go. I must have spelled Escape or Academy. I I hate the fact that Moody is having so much success by being boring as fuck, by the way. We'll get into that in a minute. I know, right? I know. This is the game we play every single week where we try to guess the open critic average of one upcoming game. Whoever guesses closest to the score gets a point. If you manage to guess the score correctly, you get two points. Last week, myself and Moody tried to guess the open critic average of Escape Academy. Escape Academy. 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 It's Edemy. It's E, right? Escape Academy. (laughs) I guessed it would get a 77. Moody guessed it would get an 80 time of recording escape academy has an open critic average of 80 so last week which gave which gives me two points and makes the score maybe 15 amy thir- uh, 14 is that the right color yes so last week i gave moody a lot of praise <laughs> i gave us all a lot of praise because last week was the first time in four weeks so for like four weeks before that the four podcasts before last week's podcast we had gotten all of the open critic average scores exactly right we were on an incredible streak like tory got the quarry i got neon white moody got dnf duel (laughs) fire emblem warriors he's done it again this week he's got the score correctly correctly right but what he's doing is he's just going a that's his thing he's just gonna say a over and over again yeah i'm not here for that shit like (laughs) i'm calling him out (laughs) <laughs> when we posted when we did fantasy critic this year right yeah i made a conscious decision to ban yearly game releases so like yeah. sports games stuff like that, that come out every year yeah. um because they're boring right like yeah i want people to like take chances to actually think about what they're doing <laughs> Like, you can't ban Call of Duty. Well, I suppose you probably could, but, like, you know, it's not technically classed as a yearly release for some reason. But, like, it banned all the sports games that Moody picked last year. 
and, and he was complaining and we were like you took away my, my yearly games i was like i'm just trying to make the competition more interesting man like <laughs> <laughs> i want people to take chances i want people to pick because like there's so many we have to we all have to pick so many games <laughs> everybody's gonna have to take chances on on stuff that's awesome we love it pick neon white i didn't know neon white was gonna be fucking 90 <laughs> i didn't expect it <laughs> i'm sure when russ took a chance on dolman he didn't expect to lose 15 points <laughs> that's just how the game works anyway ran over yeah. congratulations moody although i see you've done it again um, yeah, <laughs> this week we're actually guessing two games um so there's been weeks where we haven't had games to guess with so like we bank them and then we double up on weeks where there's a lot there's like multiple games coming out this was this felt like a good week to do this you still found time to complain at me though <laughs> why is this new game not in it because it's not all right <laughs> because it's not <laughs> he's gonna listen to this and he's just gonna think amy hates me amy doesn't hate you really amy's just seven degrees hotter than she was when the podcast started and she's getting crouchy (laughs) (laughs) this week we're trying to guess the open critic average of two games so the first one is stray i picked this one because you were here i figured live uh uh, sorry uh as just falls i'm looking forward to it movie's looking forward to it but we want the cat game She's wearing cat ear headphones, for of God's course, sake. Of course, yes. <laughs> uh, so Moody has already guessed it. It's going to get an E on Open Craig. Would you like to have a crack at it? Well, I say that you don't have a choice. Have a crack at it. I'm going to go with 85. 85. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I've ruined your strategy now, haven't I? No. <laughs> No one has ever ruined my strategy. My strategy is chaos at all times. I don't take this game very seriously. <laughs> I rolled dice to guess the Avengers score that one time. And the dice came up 97. And I stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely never going to be right. <laughs> but that's what the dice said. Um, stray. Cat game. Cat game I wish I had on my fantasy critic team. Someone else already got it. <laughs> you're never going to get everything you want in that game. Nah, you know, you know. I'm going to guess. 89. Ooh. Interesting. I know, right? Yeah. Not only I do I think it's going to... Not only do I think it's going to be an adorable game with an adorable cat in it, I think it's going to be one. Of, I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And then I think the adorable cat is going to push those scores just a little bit higher, just a little bit higher. And then like a dog person is going to come along and ruin the whole fucking thing. I'm sure. <laughs> yes, yes. But we're guessing a second game this week. Yeah. Live alive. This is a fascinating one. Moody's guessed eighty-three now. I'm super hyped about Live Alive. It is a legendary Japanese role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And it's being remade in glorious 2D HD. But it's also really old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And its score on Open Critic is going to depend on how the critics take it. Are they going to take it as, well, it does this thing, but Octopath Traveler does this thing, even though Live Alive did that thing first? Or are they going to do the, the thing I was talking about, where it's like, this is like being on an archaeological expedition? Yeah, it does hang in the balance with that. 
I think... I still think that just for the, the historical aspect of it, the fact that it is what it is, I still think it's going to do pretty well. So I, I'm i going to hedge my bets on this one. I was thinking if it was going to be like just for the historical aspect of, uh, of it, it's going to be high, but you are going to get those that might drop it down. So Potentially. Again, like I always try to remember, I always try to remind people when we play this game and also Fantasy Critic is you're not... Yeah. You're not judging. You're not trying to judge these games based on like what people think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just what yeah. critics think. They're the only yeah. people exactly. that matter in these games. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm gonna hedge my bet slightly, and I'm gonna go stick with my score, eighty-five. Eighty-five. Oh, so you're doing the thing I just had to go. You know, now I like I've got to, like come on, I'm here, bro. Like it's meant to be exciting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like. All that stuff hey. I just said about Moody, it's just, don't worry, it's just for balance. Well, I don't mean it, I don't it, mean it. I know, it was going to be 90, but I'm dropping it down slightly just for the, I the just, old game. Sort of it. I just, I don't know. Like, I think it I, should be 90. But. I could, I mean, I could like go in like all different directions here if I was really yeah. like trying, which yeah. I'm not. Because <laughs> what I'm going to do is... I'm I'm not even gonna think about what I'm gonna what I'm gonna put. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. Mooney, um, uh, you didn't pick eighty, so I'm gonna pick eighty. <laughs> I'm gonna pick eighty, Moody. The number that you always pick, eighty. <laughs> <laughs> what you get it? Did I much. did I set that? Did I set all of that like rant at the beginning away just so I could have the punchline of me picking eighty on Live Alive? Yes, yes, I did. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> That's how seriously I'm not taking this game. <laughs> I turned the whole section into one big joke. Yep, sounds about right. That's for doing it. That's it. Nothing's really happened on Fantasy Critic, so I think we should get out of here before we melt. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. It's, uh, the temperature hasn't invaded my room yet. No, I've been all right with, with my fan. I want my window open, but it's slow. It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's coming. it's coming. Yeah. Once I turn this light off, I think that'll help. Yes, yeah. Um, I'm going to go get a cold drink. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. Peace. That's going to do it for episode 300 and... No, man, Google. Scroll. 13, 313 of the Words About Games podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, Alfie. I'm amazed at your wrist control, by the way. So you've been finding yourself (laughs) that this entire podcast and literally... It hasn't come through your microphone at all throughout the entire Thank podcast, except except like just then when I was when oh, when you were doing it last, yeah. like just yeah. once, just one quick like that was it. Like <laughs> apart from that, you've managed to do it like expertly. So I'm going to commend you Thank on you. your fan control <laughs> skills. You like you did it, you, you, you fucking crushed it, and uh, you crushed this podcast as well. So thank you for joining me for Thank this you very as much. Well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, that's it. All that's left to do is to say goodbye. I don't know what to do. I'm going to do Vulcan. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to do like 10 different things. I need to pick one. There you go. <laughs> Peace.